Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Biker Chick Chat. I'm your host, Biker Bethany, and I'm on a mission to find female riders from all over the planet to find out their stories of how they got into the motorcycle world. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Jess, aka Her Two Wheels. We do a deep dive into, well, the reality of what it's like living in the world of social media. And, you know, everything comes with its positives and its negatives. We have quite an honest chat of how it can be and how things can be a little bit scary at times. She was honest and shared a few stories with me, which I think you guys are going to find really interesting today, actually. Anyway, enough from me. Let's get straight into it. Hey, Jess, how you doing? Hey, I'm so good. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is the first podcast I've done in probably two years. So it's pretty exciting. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Well, I feel honored. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to jump straight in today and talk about you know, what you do online and you are, you know, like a big name within the motorcycle world and especially, you know, being a woman and riding, you know, big boy Harleys and you're a total inspiration (laughs) to so many people out there and you've built your socials up amazingly Uh as well. Um, So I just wanted to congratulate you on all that and and ask sort of how you got into that, really. Where did it all start? And yeah, take it away. Sure. I'll uh, I'll try to keep it short. It is a kind of a long, short story. Um, I've only been riding for about eight years. I never grew up on motorcycles. I never had anyone in my family who rode. So they were not ingrained as a part of my lifestyle until I was about in my mid-20s and I had a family member who wanted to take her beginner riding course and asked if I would join. And I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't care about bikes that you have fun with that. Um, And after a little bit of persuasion, she finally coaxed me into it. And uh, I fell head over heels in love with it. It's changed my life forever. And I cannot imagine my life without motorcycles. Now, Um, how I got into YouTube is I attended a, um, it's an expo, like a motorcycle expo here in my city. And there was a bunch of moto vloggers who were meeting up to have a meet and greet. And I was so excited to meet these people that I watched on YouTube. And when I got there, there was only other one or there was one woman in a group of male moto vloggers and content creators. And she was lovely. And I, she's, she was a sport bike rider. And I was like, man, where are the big V twin women? Like where are the girls who ride the loud Harleys, the big bikes who love cruisers. And I was like, where are those women? So I started searching online for, you know, Harley Davidson, motovlogger, female motovlogger, anything. And I really couldn't find that many who were trying to fit in that puzzle piece that I was looking for. And so I was like, shit, I can probably do this. And literally the next day I bought a used GoPro off of Facebook marketplace and strapped it to my helmet. And that's when the channel started. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you've done it totally off the back of you looking for for someone like doing this stuff for you to watch yourself. And then you thought yep. there's nothing here. So you decided to be that person. That's yep. amazing. Yeah. That is so it's worked out cool. pretty okay so far. 
<laughs> yeah. So, like, is you would you say YouTube is like your main thing? Is that what you channel more of your energy into? So it's that's a good question. Uh, YouTube was my main. You know, I put all of my effort into those videos, and I still do. I post two uh, moto vlog style videos or travel style videos every single week. Um, and then I treat Instagram as more of like a personal diary. So I'll post on there just random photos, my friends, things I'm doing, my family. So I treat those two completely differently. YouTube, I keep a little more focused on motorcycles, travel reviews, camping, stuff like that. Instagram is more personal. And then I just started really focusing a lot on Facebook and Facebook has absolutely like blown up. And so I've been repurposing a lot of my old content from YouTube, editing it down into shorter form content and re-uploading it on Facebook. And it, my favorite thing about that is it's completely driven an entirely new audience and a much younger audience. And probably my most favorite part, 50% of the 108,000 followers I have on Facebook are women. And that's not wow. the case on YouTube. So Facebook has really changed like my whole perspective on engaging with a female audience. Oh, wow. That's amazing, actually. Because Facebook is a funny one, isn't it? It's like it started out, it was like the main thing, like growing up for me in school, it was like everyone had Facebook. That was it. And then it kind of died out, didn't it? Like Instagram started taking its place and was this much mm -hmm. like cooler thing for younger people. But I've definitely noticed something about Facebook coming back around. And that's super interesting that you said that you're able to reach out to more women there as well. It's really interesting. Yeah. I just don't think women on YouTube, because of course women are watching YouTube. I, I watched YouTube basically since YouTube was a thing. I just don't know that women are interested in motorcycle content on YouTube. But when you see it just as you scroll, and the thing about Facebook is they force you to watch, it just starts auto playing. And so sometimes like that'll just hook people. Whereas YouTube, you have to truly, truly convince the viewer like, hey, you should click on this video. And that's probably the thing I hate the most about YouTube. Yeah, sure. I didn't think of it like that. That's also another interesting one. So like what length videos can you put on Facebook then? Is is there like a, a time limit or can you post quite like long form content? Yep. Yeah. Um, so the reels on Facebook, I think can only be up to 60 seconds. And then the videos can be full length videos. I, I can put an hour long video on Facebook if I want to. Um, I've tried that out a few times, posting full length videos, but it seems that people don't have the attention span because it is a scrolling platform. So the shorter and more concise videos are usually performed better. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is super cool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just sort of getting in, back into a bit more Facebook myself. Um because I feel like with Facebook, it's almost more of a community, isn't it? It's like people are possibly more engaging, whereas Instagram these days, someone could follow you, see your stuff once and never again. And it's just a bit random like that. Whereas it seems like Facebook is more like you actually keep seeing the stuff that you've liked or followed. It is much more communicative, like people really do engage a lot more on Facebook. Impressions are so much higher. Um, 
I like YouTube for what it is. It's basically like, I think of YouTube as if you're in a play, you're up on stage, you're performing and you're presenting and people are sitting there watching. Whereas Facebook, you can do the same thing, but it's more similar to how we're engaging right now. We're more face to face. Um, I'll post a video, you can respond, you can like it, share it, do whatever you want. And then I can immediately respond back and be like, thank you for helping with this or promoting or liking. So it's very much more a community instead of just being like a presenter. Yeah, that's really cool. So how have you found that to be sort of beneficial to like your your job? Because I mean, assuming social media is like your full-time job to upload two YouTube videos a week, that's a serious amount of work. And yeah, I mean, it's yeah. always the, the number one question for people, isn't it? Like, you know, how how are you making money off of all this and is it enough to fund a lifestyle and yeah and Facebook being something I don't know about I would actually be quite interested to hear more about that yeah so social media back in like the renaissance it was you know when these youtubers blew up you know multi-millionaires like everything's amazing. That's getting harder and harder to do. It is becoming a very saturated platform and that's great. And I encourage everybody. I'm like, if you guys want to give this a shot, it's literally free. You, you literally just have to press record and edit and you, some, you don't even have to edit. But um, I knew the second going into this, the second I started riding motorcycles, I thought to myself, how can I earn a living from riding motorcycles? And I had no idea. I didn't want to work at a dealership. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to do a lot of like crazy things that you should do to blow up online. So I just started thinking like, well, I'll just start documenting my trips, my camping trips, my daily life, you know, going to the grocery store and stuff like that. Um, YouTube, obviously, if you don't have ad blockers, you watch advertisements on YouTube. So if you get your views and if you get good views, you can get, you can earn kind of a lot of money from one video, but you earn a dollar amount per thousand views. So it takes a lot of eyes on your content and seeing those ads to actually get a return on the investment. Um, so that's why for the longest time I was just posting whenever I wanted. I was I was getting a high off of it when I started my channel. I was like, oh, I made this thing and I'm proud and I'm going to share it. And then I started seeing like actual money coming in. I was like, holy moly, this is, you can you can make money off of this. This is so cool. I didn't know how much and it, it's different per person. It's different per the value your audience finds. So there is no one specific number that you'll earn on a thousand views and it changes every video. It changes every season. So that's where I really started to save my pennies. Every single penny I earned from YouTube, I saved for over two years. I was working another full-time job. And by the time I decided like I was ready to take this leap into full-time content creator, it wasn't just like, okay, I'm done. Screw you. I'm a YouTuber now. It, it was very methodical. I had a lot in my savings account. I worked with sponsors and sponsors are the real the real kings for being a full-time content creator because the ad revenue kind of kind of sucks unless you're like a big money market channel or something but just for a joe schmo like myself riding motorcycles it it's a it, it, it helps but that's not where i really get to experience like freedom and continue to grow my platform yeah sure oh, oh and facebook's that. the same way sorry facebook has okay. 
ad revenue. Sorry, I didn't answer your Facebook question. Yeah, no, sure. Oh, okay. So it's so Facebook is all through advertising. Like they just put random adverts on and you get a percentage of that, I guess. Yeah, it's actually really hard to get monetized on Facebook. The uh, monetization requirements are a lot steeper than YouTube. Um, so really? most of the time, sponsorships are a big deal on Facebook too, like sponsored ads. But for a hot second, Facebook was offering a lot of money as Reels bonus. And so I, I didn't know that until one day I posted a Reel and it kind of went viral. It had nothing to do with motorcycles. And I checked the bonuses and it said at the time I had earned over like $10,000. And I was like, excuse me. (laughs) Wow. They don't do that anymore. (laughs) But I was like, okay, so I'm a Facebook girl now. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is mental. If that is an encouragement, I don't know what is. (laughs) Oh, that's super amazing. cool. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> no complaints though, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I mean, the thing is, I guess with this stuff, like you say, it's always random, isn't it? Like you never know how a video is going to do and what kind of ads are going to be run. And I know it is always super random like that. But having Facebook as maybe more yeah. of like a community it's nicer to know that people are more invested in you as a person and you know what you're doing the content you're putting out and it's almost more like appreciated maybe in that more like community environment which is nice that's truly all I want out of this uh I hate going viral I don't ever want to go viral I would rather have 100 loyal followers who have my back and enjoy my content than a million who only want to ridicule or tell me why I should be like somebody else. So uh, virality is toxic. That's where more people get their eyes on your content. And yes, your subscribers will grow, but the level of mental health just plummets with virality. So uh, Facebook really has, and I still get the negative comments on Facebook too, but Facebook has been much more of like, a family, like an engaging family, which is something I never really anticipated. Yeah, sure. It's really interesting you say that actually, because that is the side of the online world that people don't talk about as freely, do they? But it's a it's a huge side of it. And anyone that's online, you have to prepare yourself that you are going to get those negative comments. And Sometimes people are just having a bad day, aren't they? And they think, hey, I'm going to inflict this on you for absolutely no reason. So it's like, cheers, mate. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Very, very much outshined by the positivity. Yes, that's true. I totally agree with you on that one. So like, how do you... How do you get through those times, you know, if like you've, you've had a video go viral and you've had a whole bunch of lovely comments, but then you've also got those people not being nice as well. And they're trying to put you down. What, what would you do to get through that kind of situation? When it first started happening um, within my first year of being on YouTube, I genuinely didn't know what to do with it. Uh, I thought about quitting. So the thing that really helped me get through was finding other content creators similar to myself in my category And they really helped me, you know, you can add blocked words, you can prevent certain people from commenting. And I used to 
I used to just let everyone comment whenever they wanted. I never deleted comments. I never hid people from the channel. But they start as soon as they started getting just point blank vile and unnecessary and didn't contribute to any aspect of conversation, that's when I started either blocking people or YouTube has this fancy little thing called hide user from channel. And that's probably my favorite thing to do is you just hide them and nobody knows they're gone. They can keep yelling and calling you all the dirty things, but I'll never see it and nobody else will never see it. YouTube completely like hides their existence. So they can still see my content, um, but nobody knows that they're there commenting. And so usually I just do that because I used to give people the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, you're having a bad day or, oh, you know, who spent in your Wheaties this morning. But after, if it's just point blank negative and unnecessary, I will immediately block somebody because if you took the time out of your day to say something negative, you will do it again and again and again and again. And like, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? It's so true. And that is like the ideal thing to do because it's like, you know, this person is still like bumping up your views, bumping up like your engagement and all of this. And they can type all this nastiness, yeah. but no one's looking at it. So it's like, it's sometimes that's nice to know, isn't it? Just to like, hmm. you think you're being clever, yeah. but you ain't <laughs> nope <laughs> I do that on um I do it on Instagram as well that has that restriction thing so like like I'm yep. the same as you you know someone might write something and I think oh whatever you've just you're just boosting the engagement I don't care I'll just ignore you and then maybe they take it too far and I'm thinking I don't want to look at this anymore you know like you're taking it too far and then you can do this thing I'm sure you know it's like restrict or something like that so the comment's still on there and then you can look at it if you want but you don't have to and it, that's like the perfect thing to do <laughs> yeah I have people it's so funny because I do I'll block somebody sometime and they'll create a burner account or come find me on a different social media and they're like you blocked me I'm like you probably said something stupid then didn't you like block again <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy that people find like a need to go out their way to then try and like get to you from another angle. I just find that bonkers. Right. It has to be some weird validation thing. It, it doesn't happen too often. I will say, luckily, I, I haven't gone viral in a while, which like I said, I don't want to. Um, so it's been really, truly wonderful just waking up and seeing like engaging with the people who actually enjoy my content and I, I love it. So it's been very nice not having to deal with a whole bunch of trolls lately. They're still there a couple a day usually, but it's minor stuff. It's nothing like, you know, I should probably fear for my life type of thing, which that has happened before. But usually it's, you know, somebody's calling me a dumb blonde. I can't pick up a bike or something stupid. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? So you've actually been frightened for your life before over what someone's been saying to you yeah yeah it's uh there's been a few where they these people will you know so one of the things is like I I like to go solo motorcycle camping 
And I like to do it because I enjoy filming it. You know, I don't just go camping by myself all the time. Like I enjoy creating these little stories and getting away and being in nature. And uh, the amount of people that are like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to find you and I'm going to teach you a lesson on why you should never be alone and like really, really crazy stuff like that. So a lot of times I can't like when I'm traveling because I ride solo, I travel thousands and thousands of miles by myself. And so you could never post about where you are in real time, where you're staying, like stuff like that, because it really is. People are just, and not everybody. It's always that one fucking weirdo that has to ruin it for everyone else. But it's, yeah, it's definitely happened before. Yeah, God, yeah. But that is frightening, actually. I mean, I'm yet to do solo trips in this way. I'm always with someone on my bike. So I've not had to deal with that side of things, but I totally see how you do have to be careful. Like, you know, you're known online and even your bike and stuff, and you could just be riding along and someone could recognize you. And you wouldn't know if they've randomly started following you or something like that. It's happened a few times. And luckily, nothing bad has happened. But people will. I'll randomly notice somebody filming me, uh, waving at me. And I've even had somebody follow me on an exit just because I had to go get gas. And I didn't realize at the time that they were following me. But they told me, they're like, oh, my gosh, I saw you like back there on the highway. I knew it was you. I wanted to say hi. And I was like, hey. (laughs) nice to meet you please don't do that again (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that's the thing it's like that people like that I guess they they they're innocent and they're just thinking they're just a fan and they want to say hello but really from your side of it it's like pretty scary (laughs) yeah a little intimidating a little intimidating that the uh the social cues might not be there but like I said, it's always been okay. It's never gotten to the point where I have to make like a public service announcement. Like, please don't follow people that don't know who you are. Um, but the the concept of just being hyper aware of your surroundings and who's looking at you is definitely on on the back of my mind all the time. And unfortunately, it it, it really does have to do with being a woman. I know plenty of men who travel by themselves and it's like literally not even a thought in their mind to have to be aware of like who's around them yeah that is so true that is a side of it isn't it with women that men don't have to deal with quite so much I mean I guess there's still some dangers for men as well but it is always much more for women like in all different ways isn't it really I mean actually I was going to ask you because one thing people over here I get quite a lot of comments on my profile sometimes saying like oh you should hide your number plate number one thing to do is like to hide your number plate and I'm always on the fence like but what can someone really how much information can someone really find I don't know but I was just curious to know do you hide your number plate and things no I'm a real person. I have a real life. Um, If somebody really wants to go that far to be vindictive like that, then there's really nothing I can do about it. You know, I'm not going to go through and edit every single video, put my finger over it or like I just just be normal, you know, just be a normal human being, treat others with decency and we don't have to worry about doing that. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's so true. Like, I've not bothered to worry. The odd times I've hidden the number plates, I've thought, oh, is it a big deal? But same as you, really, I guess I've just sort of thought, well, if someone really wanted to find out where I lived, they could probably do it in other ways around the number plate anyway. So, you know. Unfortunately. So I've had somebody, so I, I did post a picture one time and I did kind of, I didn't hide it. I just kind of muddied it out so you couldn't really see it. And somebody went and found an old photo and screenshot it and sent it to me. And they're like, just wanted to let you know you hit it and I could still find it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Do you want a trophy? Like, you're the reason this is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Some, I know some people, I think they are just trying to be nice, but it just they just take it a bit too far sometimes. And, like, we're only human and you, we can only do our best and there's always going to be a fault or a hole in something somewhere. It's like... We're just doing what we can do. So just leave it at that really, isn't it? Exactly. It's unfortunate. I, I try to treat everybody with the same just human decency that I want. Like we are real people. You know, I have a mortgage. I have a fat cat. I have a husband. I have to go grocery <laughs> shopping and put gas in my car. Like literally just I'm not a celebrity. YouTubers have like this weird persona. And I think a lot of people feel more connected to us than average like I don't know TikTokers or actual actors because we do live with them we're very personal with them we're in their living rooms on their phones stuff like that so I do completely understand when people feel that connection with me and it's super humbling like when somebody really tells me like you know you changed my life you saved my life just your videos your positivity like that is not lost on me I don't think that somebody being dramatic I think it really is like humbling to know that just me goofing around on motorcycles and taking the time to share with the world has an effect on people. And then in return, their, you know, words and generosity have an effect on me. So like I said, 99% of the time, it's incredibly amazing. It's humbling to meet the people who enjoy my stories and the the few that make it awkward are few and far between. So yeah, sure. That's really lovely. And on the subject of followers, so I tried something new for this podcast today and I asked your followers if they had any questions for you. So shall we answer a few of them? Yeah, I love it. So I'll, I'll just read out a few. So first question is, have you got any new merch coming out soon? I do. Yes. I have a few designs I've been working on and uh, I need to figure out the best way to kind of like launch or display stuff like that. I'm still very new to the world of merch. Um, I have the imposter syndrome really bad. So I see other people and their amazing merch and how much they sell. And I'm like, I don't think I'm that cool. I don't know what to do, but I do have new designs I'm working on. Oh, nice. Uh, actually, same here. I dabbled in and out of a bit of merch myself before, and then I stopped doing it because I found it actually super stressful. But I was like, no, I need to get back on it's it hard. and do it again. So, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, and then I, I briefly touched on this question with you earlier. So I don't know if this is more of an American thing 
So maybe if we, I'll read the question, then you can explain that first bit so everyone fully understands. So someone said, do you have an LLC for her two wills? If so, is it beneficial? So what is an LLC? I can't remember the acronym for LLC, but it basically means um, something liability company. And I think if you're a business owner, everyone should have an LLC. Um, if you own a hair salon or a cupcake making business, or even if you just sell stuff online and don't have a brick and mortar shop, you should have an LLC. It basically protects your business assets from your personal assets. So if somebody wants to sue you for whatever reason you they, like if you don't have an llc if you don't have your business protected they can come after your house your car like anything that is attached to you as a person so an llc basically builds you as a business entity and instead of having just a social security number you then get um, an employee identification number so that is completely separate from you as an individual like as a human so that's where I I do have an LLC. Um, and if you if you make money anywhere to the point where you have to claim taxes on that money, register as an LLC. Okay, cool. So you'd say it is definitely beneficial to have. Yes, very very much so. Okay, cool. Um, and then someone's asked if you're going to the Ohio Valley Thunder Rally. Um, I don't have any plans currently to, I was actually just looking at my schedule of the things that I want to go to. And, uh, I don't have that one on my schedule right now. So I should do more Ohio things cause it's a lot easier. I'm from Ohio. So uh, my state is within two and a half hours. You can get to any part of the state. So I should, but I don't have it currently on my schedule. Oh, well, we can't do it all, right? I mean, time management can be difficult, can't it? <laughs> and then someone said, this will just be the last one, when when are you coming to Europe? This is a question I would also like to know, Jess. When are you coming to Europe to see I <laughs> would love, I would love to get over there. I have no idea if or when it's going to happen, but I definitely, I would love to come ride in Europe. Oh my gosh, anywhere in Europe. Obviously, I would love to come to like the UK. I'd love to visit Scotland, Ireland, stuff like that. But even up into like I have a lot of people who follow from Germany and they want to see, you know, content over in Germany. And yeah, I, I would love to get over there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, one day, I mean, like you say, it's it's hard to get everywhere, isn't it? But that's nice to know it's on on the books. So as I've got Instagram yeah. open, I'm gonna go on to a section of this where I'll find I've got an, a picture that I found off of your page and I'm going to show it to you and I'll get you to just explain a little bit more in depth about it so let me pull it up you had so many incredible pictures this one really took my eye the scenery here just looks stunning oh yeah that's one of my favorites I've ever snapped so um, where are you in this picture and what's going on? Sure. So in that photo, I was in um, Teton National Park in uh, Wyoming. So the Grand Teton Mountains are just an absolutely stunning and iconic mountain range in the United States. It was about, 
I don't know, 30 minutes or so south of the southernmost exit of Yellowstone National Park. So when I took that photo, I had been on the road by myself for a little over two weeks, two and a half weeks at that point. Um, It was the farthest from home I'd ever been. And I just wanted to go do all of the quintessential like road trip riding out west things that I could do. Of course, I didn't even scratch the surface of everything to see, you know, the United States is huge. But like just Wyoming was huge. It took me an entire day to get from one end to the other. But that photo I had just, um, there's nothing in in that area. There's a, a tiny town called Jackson, Wyoming or Jackson Hole. And all of the hotels were completely booked up or three times as much as I could afford to spend. So luckily I had my camping gear with me and I went and booked a hotel in close to the Teton National Park. And after a terrible, terrible sleepless night, cause I was terrified of grizzly bears, um, <laughs> I decided to wake up and I found that my route back out of Wyoming took me back through to pass the Tetons. And so I just pulled over and I just admired. I got to see them at sunset the night before, and then I got to see them at sunrise the next morning. So I just, I probably stayed in that little parking lot for a good 45 minutes, just taking photos and admiring the mountain range, watching the planes fly in. And it was, it was amazing. And you definitely kind of just naturally build a relationship with large formations like that in the United States. It's very hard not to think of like, holy moly, I am the tiniest thing in this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I do know what you mean. That's amazing though. So you're like super well traveled, aren't you, with your bike and all over the states. So have you hit like every state or is that an aim of yours? I'm actually not well traveled at all. I've never really? done a coast to coast. I've never been yeah, there are so many parts of the country that I've never ridden to. And I didn't really start traveling the way I do now until about two years ago. Um, So every year I try to take a bit further and further and it just takes so much time. It really is like, unless you can just crush a thousand miles every single day, it's super hard to see a lot of this country. So this year I would very much love to get up into the northeast like up in like new england and maine i want to go see niagara falls i'd love to ride through canada and do some of the great lakes scenic rides um, because i've ridden almost everywhere else except for the pacific northwest so it's basically the two polar opposites of the country the northeast and the northwest i would love to ride through but i've been all over the east coast i've been out west i've ridden in California. I've ridden in Texas. I've ridden in Arizona. Uh, all of these amazing states out there. Oh, amazing. I thought, I mean, like looking at your Instagram, it just looks like you've been to so many places already, but I guess the States is massive, isn't it? So <laughs> a lot of ground to Insanely cover. Insanely large. I mean, <laughs> to put it into perspective, I can't, I can't remember, like just the state that I live in alone, I think is, I can't remember, I'll have to look it up, but just like the size of the UK compared to the size of the United States, it's like maybe a couple states in length. Um, and then we have, you know, all of the lower 48. So there's so much to do and it takes so much time to just get and see everything. 
Yeah, for sure. That is true. So Jess, I want to ask, what's like one of your most scariest or dangerous moments you've had on a bike? Uh, the scariest moment I think was ironically on that trip, similar to that photo you showed. So the day before that photo was taken, I was riding through Yellowstone National Park and there are, uh, just thousands and thousands of wild bison and bison are just enormous creatures. And, uh, while I was visiting, they were going into their rut. So the, towards the end of like the summer, they're going into their rut to begin mating and breeding. And so the females are pregnant in the winter and they have babies in the spring. So I, and like right before this had happened, there was a news article about somebody being mauled to death by a bison because they got too close. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very, very respectful of wildlife. Like I don't, mess around with bears. Bears terrify me. Um, even deer. Deer are honestly like my favorite animals. I love all servine creatures, but I never get close to them because they're so unpredictable. And so here I am on my thousand pound Harley Davidson, who is ironically named after an animated bison. Uh, this little guy, Appa. So he's like a bison. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I was just like petrified. So there I'm riding and there's one walking down my side of the road, just having a grand old time. And when traffic comes to a stop in Yellowstone, you know, like, oh, crap, there's an animal, there's something they're taking photos and there's no way to like go around the cars and keep moving. So I noticed there's a bison, bison walking right towards me. So I kind of go over into the opposite side. So obviously we drive on different sides of the road. So I go into like the left-hand side and there's an embankment, just a hill up on that side of me. And then oncoming traffic, which is also stopped, just blocking because they're looking at the bison. So the only way I could go and pass people was to ride directly into the path where the bison was walking towards me. So as I'm sitting there, I'm just waiting and like, I don't know what my exhaust sounds like to him. I don't know what he thinks. I'm just like, just sitting still, I'm like holding my breath. And um, so he just starts walking towards me and I just start like backing up and I kind of look at the SUV next to me and I'm like, please like come get in front of me, like block me. So they kind of drive forward. I back up behind them and then I kind of like ride their rear fender to make sure like I can get away. The bison was totally chill. Like he was fine just out for a Sunday stroll, but I, I didn't know that. So that was probably <laughs> one of the scariest things I've ever encountered. Yeah. Oh my god. And gosh, then that's as mad. for, yeah, I was like, as for actually like riding motorcycles, I've never really had a scary experience on my bike. Uh, my self-preservation skills are very high. <laughs> I don't want to get hurt. But uh, when I was learning how to ride off-road with Harley-Davidson and the Pan America, that truly, I could not get out of my head. I always, I just thought I was going to crash. I didn't want to get hurt. I, like, I've never done it before. So that was probably one of, like, the worst and best times I've ever had on a motorcycle. Because I love learning new things, but I was just like, I'm going to die. <laughs> That's crazy. So, like, we don't get bisons in this country. What 
what actually are they like what are, are they super dangerous they obviously are... if they kill someone yeah no they're do you know what a buffalo is like what a buffalo looks like yeah so they're they're uh so if you think of like you know african buffalo like water buffalo very very aggressive uh just huge this this mass of animal and they have the horns and they that they fight with their heads uh the sure. american bison is very comparable in size and aggression you know like mothers with their calves no no but males in the rut bulls like you never know what's going to send them off so uh you can farm bison out here some people have bison farms and they're like oh they're fine you know they're uh they're docile and i'm just like okay so are chihuahuas allegedly so not to piss off a chihuahua either (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's so funny so Jess, I'm going to move on to some slightly random questions, but it's going to link back around to what we're going to do next. So I need to know what's your favorite food, dream destination and favorite car if you have one. Sure. Favorite food is a toss up between cheeseburgers and tacos. I literally live for tacos it's like my favorite thing tacos and beer have made me gain like 50 pounds in the past two years <laughs> but it makes my heart so happy <laughs> um, Love it. dream destination a dream destination on a motorcycle or as a just a person yeah on, on a motorcycle okay um i don't know that one's hard i really enjoyed riding through like Cody, Wyoming and stuff out there. So I, I really enjoy when you can see things off in the distance while still being present in a beautiful area. Uh, where I live, a lot of times on the East Coast, it's very crowded with trees and shrubbery. So it's hard to kind of like enjoy the scenery. So probably New Zealand, honestly, I think riding in New Zealand and just being absolutely overwhelmed with everything the world has to offer in that one little country would be amazing yeah for sure definitely um and what about car then do you have a favorite car car is hard for me because i very much enjoy i just enjoy performance vehicles so for a car i definitely want it to be sporty i want it to be manual transmission i want it to be um responsive and fun to drive so those don't really exist in like the normal aspect it's either like you know you got to go full supercar or you got to stick with like hondas like civics or subarus or you know like supras toyotas corvettes stuff like that so to be able to think of like my dream car it's mostly just how it feels like i want it to go fast i want it to be able to handle corners and uh not be too small but not be too big it's hard sure <laughs> so like okay imagine like out a soup out of a supercar range then if you could choose like any supercar that's got that top performance that you're looking for like which brand would you choose it would probably have to be in the lines of porsche sure Okay, okie dokie, fine. And then my my final question is, what's your dream bike? So that one is definitely the hardest question. I 
My goal right now is to take my Harley Davidson Road Glide and get it to at least 100,000 miles. Just to say, like, we did it. You know, I bought my first touring bike. Um, I truly love riding all different kinds of motorcycles. Like, naked uprights are so fun. Uh, loud cruisers are so fun. Choppers would be fun. But for me and my riding style, I prefer touring bikes. So I think after this one, I'm probably going to start looking into more higher end, like Harley Davidson CVOs and stuff like that. But I don't know if that's like my dream bike. I think my dream bike is just the one that I know I'll never get rid of. And so I haven't found that one yet. Oh, so it's still, it's still out there. So wait, what, what bike have you got now then? So I have a few, I have a Harley Davidson road glide. So the big touring bike with like the shark nose front fairing. I have a Harley Davidson Dyna, um, which is just a more mid-sized cruiser style motorcycle. I also have a Royal Enfield Himalayan, which is just a fun little like lightweight enduro style motorcycle. And then uh, I have been riding a BMW R18 bagger. So another like larger cruiser bagger style of bike. And as of right now, my Rogue Glide is definitely my favorite. And I didn't think that was going to happen because it's the biggest bike I own. It's very tedious and you have to be methodical on where you're riding and parking. But it's my my baby. And it, he's a, it's Appa. So that's what he's named after. So my Rogue Glide is all white with a little brown arrow. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay, so we'll put your Road Guide at stake with this then. So we're going to have a game of Would You Rather. So <laughs> would would you rather keep your road glide, obviously ride it as much as you like, but never eat tacos again, tacos and beer, as that was your combination, or you can have tacos oh, and beer every time. <laughs> Or you can have your tacos and beer, but never allowed to have the glide again. You know, I'm going to stick with my road glide because if I gave up tacos and beer, I'd be a lot healthier. <laughs> so it's a win-win. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> I feel the emotion of you choosing that. I'm so glad this that, is fake. But... <laughs> okay, so what about um, New Zealand then? You could go to New Zealand and ride there or live there or whatever you want. But if you go there, the glide is gone, never having it back. Or you keep your glide, but never Still go to New Zealand. Still keeping the glide. Okay, okay. Still keeping the glide. So what if we put the Porsche in the mix then? If I said, like, here's the Porsche or here's, you know, maybe even upgrade the, the biggest, highest performance glide which would you choose? So it, if we're getting technical, I would take the car because I could sell it and buy another motorcycle. <laughs> but I would probably yes, not still glide, keep my motorcycle. <laughs> oh, oh, it's hard. I think I'd still keep my bike. <laughs> Fair enough. Your bike through and through. <laughs> He's my baby. He Aww. kept me safe. Yeah, for sure. So Jess... I could talk with you for hours, but I just want to ask you one more question to wrap things up. If you could go back in time to when you first started riding and you could give yourself some advice, what would it be? I would give myself the advice of ride more, 
don't be afraid to try different bikes and don't be afraid to meet friends on those motorcycles. Um, I was very scared the first three years of riding and I think it really held me back with learning and progressing as a rider. And that's one of my, the things I try to tell fellow new riders, especially women is I'm like, don't be afraid of it. You know, treat this bike like it is your loyal friend, your steed, and like you will build a relationship with it. So there was a moment in my riding where I was afraid to ride other people's bikes because I didn't want to do something stupid. And something changed in me after about my third year of riding. And I was like, I'm ready to find the perfect bike for me. So I hopped on every single motorcycle I could possibly get my hands on, test rode every bike. And I think by doing that, you obviously build up a stamina and endurance for what you're looking for and yourself as a rider. And then it it led me from one bike to another, to another. And it's really honed in my love for my bike and why I would never give my bike up for beer and tacos and stuff. But just uh, <laughs> I wish I started sooner. <laughs> I wish I wasn't 26 when I started. And I, I just wish I had more confidence in myself. It's coming slowly, but surely. But it would have been nice to yeah. start with right out the gate. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally hear and respect what you're saying. But I am also a believer that we're all on our own path, aren't we? And we start when it's our right time to start and things happen at the time they're supposed to happen so I guess like you know look at you now you're doing amazing probably much you couldn't I'm sure you couldn't even imagine where you're at now so you're totally winning anyway literally yeah it's it's (laughs) there's not a lot I would change going back um because I I do feel like everything happens for a reason and all of my motorcycles have treated me so well and I love them to pieces. So it's been a good, a good run so far. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. But Jess, thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been really great getting to know you better and hearing all your stories. Yes, thank you for having me. This was super fun. I liked the, uh, I liked the questions. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of Biker Chick Chat. If you did enjoy it, please don't forget to support my channel and my podcast by giving it a thumbs up, like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz, you know what to do. And if you'd like to see more from myself and Jess, you can check us out. I'll add everything in the description below. Thank you again and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next one.